Hello and welcome to the Curious Choice Leader podcast. I'm your host, Becca Brito, and it's time to step into your leadership one curious choice at a time. This show is dedicated to helping experts like you become the leader you want to be, to create working worlds that work for you, your business and everyone connected with it, whether it's your own business or someone else's. Here in the UK, the government's job support scheme is coming to an end, and the latest figures suggest that about 50% of the people who were furloughed have either returned to work or been made redundant. As the schemes phased out over the next couple of months, those managing and leading teams that furloughed workers are returning to are being left with some very tricky team dynamics to manage. Dynamics I'm calling the post-furlough divide. It's going to provide yet another test of our leadership, and given the challenging trading conditions we're all operating in, getting it right is potentially critical to the future of our businesses. So, are you ready to get curious about the post-furlough divide and make some choices about how you can minimise its impact for your team? By the end of July, 9.6 million workers in the UK were covered by the furlough scheme. It's a mind-blowing number in about a third of the workforce. As companies start contributing to the cost of those employees, hopefully many of them will return to work, but sadly many will be made redundant. We'll talk more about how you can best support those being made redundant in another episode. And for today, we're going to talk about the impact of those who've been on furlough returning to work. Unsurprisingly, there's a growing divide between those who've been on furlough and those who've been working through this period. The conversations I've been having with clients and friends have illustrated just how deep this divide is and how most leaders have been so busy keeping the lights on in their business and making sure that there are roles for people to return to that it's not something they've given much thought to. It's also something which, if addressed now, will ensure that your team are soon working together again and you can focus on securing your future rather than on spending your time managing a team with deep divides where one set of people resents the other and no one's doing their best work. If you take a moment to think about your personal experience of this period and that of your friends and colleagues, I wonder if you'll notice what I've noticed. Let's start by thinking about the people who've been working through the period and not been on furlough. They have generally been dealing with a larger than normal workload and certainly a lot more pressure than previously. Keeping the business alive has been their focus and everything around them was changing. They've had to adapt and create new ways of doing things. Most of them have had to do this while working from home, juggling childcare and homeschooling, sharing their internet connection and often from a temporary desk set up somewhere around the house each day. They've put in a huge amount of effort and many are exhausted. The way they work and get things done will have evolved significantly and they've just settled into the new way of doing things and as people return from furlough, it's all changing again. They've been worried about their jobs and the future of the organisation and have had at least some sense of how things have been going and been able to contribute to ensuring the organisation's future. Most of them are not looking to be called out for their heroism but they do want some recognition for what they've done. They also feel on the whole that their colleagues who've been on furlough have had it easy compared to them, since they've been paid to stay off work, and who wouldn't want a nice long paid holiday? Now, let's contrast that with the experience of those who've been on furlough. I've yet to speak to anyone who was furloughed who thought it was a holiday. Some were glad of the break, but the reduced pay and the ongoing uncertainty about their future has been very stressful for them and their families. They've spent the whole furlough period wondering if they've had a job to go back to. They too have been juggling childcare and homeschooling, and to some of their surprise, they've missed having work to do. They've been dealing with not having the sense of purpose and the sense of self-worth that going to work can give, 
it's tough to hear that your role isn't essential to an organisation. In general, they feel the people who work through had it easy compared to them. So already you can see there is potential for a very divided team with lots of emotion flowing between the two groups. And then you've got the people who've been working reduced hours. They've had the best and worst of both sides. When they're thinking about coming back to work, the furlough people I've spoken to have expressed lots of concerns about the practicalities. But there's one big area that almost none of them seem to have considered and that I think is going to be quite a shock when they start back. Regardless of whether they're going back to the place they used to work or if they're going to be working from home, the workplace that they're going back to and the ways of working are going to be very different. In their absence, so much has changed. It's going to be more like starting a new job in a new company than it is returning from a week or two away. As you can see, this leaves a very complex dynamic for leaders, and the situation is going to be different for each team based on the individuals concerned, the company situation, and the quality of relationships you as a leader have with your team. This may make it sound like a helpless situation, but it's not. If you're now acknowledging that this post-furlough divide is a real possibility and that you can't hide from it, you've already taken a step towards managing the situation. But what else do you need to do? Here are the five steps I recommend you as a leader take to bridge that post-furlough divide and get your whole team working together effectively again. Step one, acknowledge the situation and act quickly. This is an issue which, if you ignore, will get worse and you'll have a bigger problem to work through with your team, so act as early as you can. Acknowledging that this post-furlough divide could impact your team and being alert to the signs that it is will allow you to act quickly. The kind of signs you want to be looking out for are things like snippy communications, a drop in people's energy and in the level of discretionary effort they put in, a dip in the quality of people's work, emotions running high and people acting in a way that's not typical of them. Remember, this is another wave of change for people to manage and you're going to see everything associated with that. We talked about this and how to manage it in episodes two, three and four of this podcast. So if you want a refresher, check that out. When you see these or any other signs, act quickly. Acknowledge to yourself and the team that this is what's happening and make it okay to talk about it. Step two, getting curious and listening to understand. As with all difficult situations at work, bring your listening A game. Make sure you're listening with the intent to understand the other person's perspective. You don't know what's going on in their mind, what's worrying them and how it's impacting their work. You don't know what their experience of furlough or working through was like but you need to find out. Listening in this way will strengthen your relationship with them and is foundational to bridging this divide. Step three, get returning team members back up to speed with how things are working. In the same way, you wouldn't expect somebody who's new to the team to know how things work around here. Those returning from furlough are going to need a reintroduction to how things work now, while they won't need or want a full induction programme Taking some time to discuss what's different and the changes you need them to make in the way they work will help reintegrate them into the team. It'll help them understand what's changed while they've been away and reduce the chances of their way of working, the old way of getting things done, causing friction in the team and impacting the productivity of the people who've been working through the furlough period. This isn't something you have to do on your own. You can involve those who've been working through in it too especially when it comes to the detailed ways of working and how to make it work now the person is back. One bonus benefit of doing this is that it'll help you and the team who've been working through to appreciate just how much you have all achieved, something we don't always take the time to do. 
Step four, find things to unite the two groups. When you create opportunities for your team to talk and for them to do things together, you reduce the divide between them. And this needs to go beyond just talking about work tasks. You could try doing something fun as part of your regular team meeting or having team coffee and donuts together either in person or online. You know your team. You know what they like to do and what creates the opportunities for connections between them. That's what you need to be doing. Step five, building a shared vision of the future. An effective way of bringing the team together is to create a shared vision of the future. Having a vivid picture of where you're going and why it's important, creating a sense of purpose for your team will act a bit like a magnet, pulling people together and towards itself. I've talked more about this in a previous episode, which I'll link up in the show notes. You may want to consider getting some outside help with bringing the two groups together and with building a shared vision for the future. Using an external coach or facilitator brings a level of neutrality and allows you to participate as part of the team. For example, my team of Curious Choice coaches and I are working with a number of clients to design workshops that will allow their teams to tell their story, decide what elements of it they want to keep and what they want to leave behind, and then together write the next chapters of their journey towards their shared vision. The leaders we're working with are telling us that by working with us, they're able to address this issue quickly and they're able to focus on getting their work done rather than adding designing and developing something for this as another task on their already too long to-do list. As I hope you can tell, bridging the furlough divide matters to me. Our economy needs it, but more importantly, our people need it. They deserve to work in places where they can add value and feel valued. So if you have a team, some of whom have been furloughed and some of whom haven't, I want to do what I can to help you get your team back to working effectively together as soon as possible. If you'd like, we can hop on a video call and talk about how to apply these five steps in your team, and that call will be totally free. If you want to take me up on this offer, I've put a booking link in the show notes. So in this episode, we've talked about how different the experiences of those who were furloughed and those who worked through were, and how, in general, both felt the other side got a better deal. We've talked about how important it is to bridge this post-furlough divide, and I've shared five practical things that you can do to bring the team back together effectively. Acknowledging the situation and acting quickly, getting curious and listening to understand people's experiences and concerns, making sure you plan and take the time to get returning team members back up to speed with how things work now, finding things to unite the two groups, and finally, building a shared vision of the future. The things I share in this podcast are based on my experience. And it's up to you to decide what you take away and apply. That's what being a Curious Choice Leader is all about. Getting curious, building our understanding, and then making choices and deciding what's the best thing to do for you and your business. And the question I'd like to leave you with this week is, what are you going to do to make sure there's no great furlough divide in your team? If you found this episode useful, please share it with others in your network who might find it useful too. Let's make sure we help as many people as possible bridge the great post-furlough divide. You can find the show notes, including the link to book that free call with me, along with more information on becoming a Curious Choice Leader by visiting the podcast page at thecuriouschoiceleader.com. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.